Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hello once again. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you with me. And, you know, uh, we talk about uh, a wide variety of topics um, with advisors, authors, others that basically have been down the road that you're getting ready to go down if you're a business owner and contemplating the transfer, exit, succession, whatever you want to call it, of your business, the next stage of your business life. And uh, today I'm very fortunate to have a repeat guest who's been with us uh, and got great uh, remarks regarding our last, uh, our last interview. And his name is John Anderson, and the Glowin Consulting Group uh, is the, the, his organization. And uh, what John does with his firm is they work with owners of privately owned businesses to increase the value of their business prior to putting it up for sale. And today we're going to talk about some of those steps that John helps people go through in order to get ready for sale. So, John, uh, welcome to the show once again. Thanks so much for joining me again. Well, nice to be with you, Bill. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure, John. So, John, I, I, I know you've been with me before, and again, like I said, I got a lot of great comments about the last interview, so I'm looking forward to this one. But before we get into that, uh, would you please, for our listeners who might not have heard the other interview, just give us a little bit about your background and the Glowin Group and, and what what you all do? Uh, sir, uh, I actually started life, uh, a business life up in Silicon Valley. I was in uh, high-tech manufacturing for 20 years up there, was uh, fortunate enough the uh, president and CEO of uh, of three different businesses up there, and uh, after we sold those, uh, I just uh, took a different direction, and uh, I formed the Glowin Consulting Group. It will be uh, 26 years ago uh, this May, and uh, we started in business and still do a variety of things, uh, from uh, leadership development to executive coaching and and those sorts of things. But uh, in Southern California here, particularly in the Inland Empire, what we focus on is what you said at the top, which is is helping business owners get their businesses ready for sale so they can get the maximum benefit from the transaction. Very good. Well, 26 years, where does the time go, right? That's, uh, <laughs> and that was, your, that was your encore career. <laughs> so, yeah. so, Second uh, career. I'm yeah. wondering if there's a third. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to be pretty busy at this one for the, at least the next 10 or 15 years. Uh, it's projected that you know huge numbers of business owners are reaching that age, and they're going to be facing um, economic challenges uh, down the road that they're they're probably going to want to think about uh, getting ready for exit. But one of the one of the problems is just that the competition. There seems to be so many business owners starting to say, you know, I think uh, I think just like a lot of the baby boomer trends, I think I'm going to 
uh, do something in the next few years. How soon in advance should people start this type of planning for getting ready for whatever's next, if they're, especially if they're going to sell their business? Well, I think uh, a minimum number is about five years. I'd like them see. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have my clients start the day they open the business, thinking about how mm-hmm. they're going to get out. But realistically, about five years uh, to really start getting serious about what an exit might look like. I think a lot of people hear that and they they're they're like, well, what would I do to, you know, I'm so busy getting my business up and running. What would I do? What would that look like if someone started planning for their exit the day they started their business? Well, they would have some goals in mind. Some people start businesses for uh, for family reasons. Some people start them for financial reasons. Some people mm-hmm. just start them because there's a good idea and they have no no thought about getting out. I always like to have a plan. I want to have some goals. I want uh, some measurable goals, particularly financial goals. And uh, I want the business owner to be in charge of their life. What happens, Bill, uh, very frequently is someone will spend 25, 30 years in a business, uh, wake up one morning and say, I'm tired, I need to get rid of this thing, and they haven't thought at all about how to go about that. And and that's if they're lucky. I mean, many times, as you and I have seen, uh, someone uh, has a a health issue and they're, they're unable to, to be around to to help the you know in uh, to really work hard on those last five years, or if they pass away, all of a sudden it becomes their family's problem. So so having a company that's ready for sale, as I hear you say, is is imperative at all times, and that just means you know what keeping good books and records and and as you say have a plan that you're that you're shooting for. Maybe it's knowing what your value is and needs to be those types of things. Sure. It's really the foundational uh, things for running a successful business. It's having clean financials and managing your inventory well if you're in the manufacturing or distribution business. It's, uh, it's having uh, you know, g- g- a really healthy culture and good uh, human resources compliance and just all of those things that business owners tend to overlook because they spend 100% of their time working in the business and basically 0% working on it. So if we're involved early, or if I just talk, and I do talk to a lot of younger people who are starting out in business, I say, pour the foundation solidly from the beginning. Start with good management practice. Attract the best people you can. Develop those folks. Build a healthy culture, and it will be much easier for you to to craft an exit strategy and to actually uh, cash out of the business someday if you do the fundamentals right from the from the very beginning. Makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think one of the things that a lot of these transactions hinge on is trust, and that is the buyer's trust uh, in the in what they're looking at, that, you know, it's not sloppy, there's not a lot of things hidden in the financials, everything's clear and concise. And think about how that makes that would make you feel as a buyer to, to find that everything's in order. You know, one interesting sidebar before we get into it, John, is, you think about 26 years ago when you you started and and basically when I started in this in this world of planning there weren't very many franchises out there but now there are a ton of franchises and and I'm not saying a franchise is your competition but a french a franchise is kind of a benchmark for what buyers are used to looking at now it's a well or it's a big you know it's a binder full of operations uh, job descriptions uh, contingency plans it's a well organized uh, book of the business 
that if you handed it off to somebody, they would go, if I take this book, I should be able to run this thing, right? And you say, yeah, that's that's the, the idea. That's going to make your business more attractive to a potential buyer. Did I get that right? Uh, yeah, franchises are very good for that. They are cookie cutter, but that's one of the things that makes them successful. And it does make that transition much smoother because at least there's something uh, of a guideline. For most entrepreneurs that start, uh, say, a non-retail business like a manufacturing business, there's nothing. Right? There's yes. no book. There's no roadmap. There's no plan. And it's incumbent upon them to create that. Yeah. Great points. So let's talk about, uh, you know, now uh, I'm a business owner, and I'm thinking, you know, the next uh, three to five years or whatever, I want to I put my business up for sale. What are some of the steps I need to go through that you would help me with? Well, the very first thing I do uh, after someone expresses a desire to, to look in that direction is we do some hard research, and we find out, uh, particularly we're focused in the Inland Empire, but we find out how businesses like this get bought and sold in this market. So we want to position the business for the most common transaction, and the exit can be anything from a, a generational change of control to an ESOP to an IPO and everything in between. Every business is a little bit different, but we start out with, you know, what is going to be the most likely way that this business can get sold in this market? So that's the first thing we do. And then we talk about the uh, the planning horizons and how long people uh, want to be in the business. And there's, there's one thing that I do additionally uh, with all of my business owners is I help them plan what's next. Uh, someone years ago gave me a great piece of advice. He said, always retire to something, not from something. And so, you know, you don't want to just push somebody out of their life's work and say, well, go play golf. So we start with a more holistic approach where we involve the family and we get everybody on the same page with, for the owner and or owners. And uh, then we start uh, going through the various steps. And one of the first things I look at, Bill, is the financials. And although my background is not, I'm not a financial guy necessarily, having run businesses, you, you learn to be one. Uh, right, but right. Uh, we want to get it clean, and uh, as you well know, that most privately held businesses exist for tax avoidance. I mean, right? It, we run exactly. everything through the business. Let's be clear, right? So I have to take them through some very difficult times somehow. You know, we have to have those conversations about, okay, the cabinet big bearer is really not your executive retreat. Get it off the books. You know, that, mm-hmm. uh, the garage full of vintage Corvettes, not company cars, that comes off the books. Uh, grandma's really not the CFO, get her off the payroll, you know, all of mm-hmm. those. And those are difficult conversations because these right. people have paid themselves well over a period of decades sometimes. And they're saying, wait a minute, you're, you know, you're challenging my livelihood here. But to a potential buyer, and you hit on it a moment ago, every time a buyer runs across something that isn't right, a red flag goes up. And what mm-hmm. that usually translates to for my owner is your price just went down. And you're, if right. there's enough of them, people will back away. So we start with the financials, and then behind that, there's a, a plethora of operational issues. And I mentioned earlier, uh, human resources compliance issues, other compliance issues. Uh, if there's real estate involved, there's the environmental. There's, there's just a whole list of things. And what I do over a period of years is I help my clients build a solid executive and management team because so mm-hmm. many of them uh you know they've got some people people have been with lots of you know for lots of years and they're good employees but they're not good managers and 
and uh, certainly not good executives. So we really get the company to look like a professional and operate like a professional organization with top talent. And, and that's so key. And one one issue I think a lot of people come up against is that, well, show me show me what you do for the business, Mr. Business Owner or Miss Business Owner, and the list is long and en- almost endless. And it's like, well, how how are how is the business going to survive if you walk away? But the other thing to consider there, as you just said, with your your key talent, key management, is has anybody talked to them about how they would uh, view? If you know why they should stick around if if the business is sold, they may have come in at the same time as the owner and think they're going to go out at the same time, and that could be very dangerous to a business sale. Oh, it absolutely can be, and though those are conversations that I think are healthy amongst the management team. You have to be careful because if the the rumor mill gets out there, you know, right. if there's only partial information, for some reason, human beings will fill that void with the worst case scenario every time, right? So you have to watch the rumor mill, but you have to be uh, candid with your employees and say, here are my long-range plans. Uh, Now let's talk about things like ESOPs. Let's talk about various employee ownership plans. Is anybody interested in that? And, uh, you know, they have to talk through that. And a lot of people will say, no, not interested in being an owner and be happy to stay on with a new owner, but that's that. So you just have to be candid about uh, the business owner has to be candid about what their long-term goals are. Yeah, and here's a wake-up call for a lot of business owners. Your employees see you getting older. It's, it's, <laughs> you're not hiding it as well as you think. And a lot of employees are more concerned about what's the plan if, if uh, the owner passes away suddenly or, or gets sick? Is, is my job secure if that were to happen? Uh, wh- you know, I'd like to know more about this. A lot of key people are, are certainly in a good position right now with a tight job market. They're experienced. Uh, a lot of times they, they've had... Uh, they've gained a lot of knowledge, and they're very valuable to a competitor. So, are there are there ideas and strategies that you talk about with people about? Hey, maybe you should talk to them about uh, sticking around and getting some kind of a, a benefit if they do. Oh, certainly. Yeah, that's part of the whole package because the buyer, uh, in most cases, they're not going to fire everybody and you know and move the business. They want it to operate right. for some period of years until they figure out, you know, longer-term strategy for it. So, yeah, we talk quite a bit about that. And uh, at the owner level, uh, key man insurance is an absolute must. Uh, So if the owner or owners uh, pass away, that uh, their shares are bought back uh, by the company or their shares go, one of the the things happens is their shares go to their spouse. And that's Mm -hmm. not always a good thing because the spouse doesn't know the business and he or she doesn't want to be involved in it. So, having a really solid insurance portfolio that protects the business and therefore the employees is part of what we do. We, uh, we bring in CPA firms and insurance executives and, uh, and uh, lawyers when we need them, and we really put together a solid team when we're actually actively working in a transition period to make sure that they get the best advice they possibly can. Good to know because... Uh uh, I, I had a, a friend of mine that was growing his business and, and thinking about the future and you know growing the value, and all of a sudden he passed away, and it was a nightmare for his spouse. So uh, at the time you're thinking about all of this, uh, things that can go right, you got to think about things that can go wrong. Now, what about um, uh, do, do many business owners understand their current value, and and more importantly, what they need to do to drive that value to a, an amount that will sustain them if they sell it? Uh, short answer is no. Most don't. 
uh, <laughs> in my experience is that most business owners think their business is worth a lot more than it actually is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of the reasons for that is something I, I mentioned a little bit earlier is they've been paying themselves you know, a handsome living for a lot of years, but they haven't right. reinvested those dollars back in the business to build value. So, so you're paying yourself a half a million plus a year, and you've got all of the perks and everything, but the business uh, isn't all that sophisticated, and you haven't put together a solid management team and all that other stuff. So your value sometimes is shocking. You can bring in a, a business appraiser or an investment banker, and they come up with a number, and, and the, uh, the business owner is shocked. Well, I want yes. to avoid that shock for my business owners. I want to say, you know, let's get ready. Here's why. Here's the investments we have to make because getting ready to sell doesn't happen for free. There are some things that we've got to spend some money here. But if we get this position properly, you'll get it on the back end, you know, at whatever multiple you're able to get. Yeah, and it, it's ironic for a lot of people when you talk about recasting those financials that they've been avoiding taxes but they're they're shortchanging themselves at the time at the point of a sale and to actually uh to actually get a higher price for their business they may have to pay taxes over the next few years and get to get things right because they're going to, have to show more profits which a buyer would be interested in right oh no question uh, and th- there's two very difficult conversations I have with my clients, now, and not the real small ones, but the larger ones that we're dealing with where it's likely going to be a strategic buy by a large corporation. Mm-hmm. Or About three years out from going on the market, I sit down with my owner and say, okay, this year we start getting your financials audited. And, mm-hmm. of course, they grab their chest and wheeze and say, you know, how much that's going <laughs> to cost? And, you know, you have to walk them through that and, uh, you know, get, get them off the cliff and say, you know, it, so it's, you know, 60 grand a year or whatever it is. You'll get that back uh, in your sale price in spades. So that's the first step. And then once I get them over that hurdle, the second thing is, and you just mentioned it, I need you to start paying income taxes. And, you know, that's another thing to get over, right? But uh, what we endeavor to do is get that business uh, for three years to operate the best it can. We have growth strategies, we have expense control, we have all of that. So when a potential suitor walks in the door, we hand them three years of audited statements, three years of tax returns, and we can make an honest case that says, this is the way this business operates today. We don't have to recast the financials. We don't have to do ad backs. We don't have to do any of that. Here's the reality, and here's our price, and it's firm. These are all wonderful, great points, and it kind of goes back to what I said at the top of the, the show is that you know, we're entering into a, a, an age where there's going to be a lot of competition for your business. Think of a beauty contest. If there's four contestants, that's one thing. But when there's 30 contestants, that's a, that's quite a different thing. And we're entering into a situation now where 10,000 people are turning age 65 a day. A lot of them are business owners. And a lot of them are saying, you know, when, I've, when I want to sell my business, uh, I want it to go. I don't ha- but, but, John, what's the... What's the percentage of businesses that try to go to market that actually sell today, do you think? Well, uh, on the smaller end, the business brokers tell me about 15% of the business uh, that they mm-hmm. list actually sell. That's a frightening and they do a vetting. They, they do a vetting process to get to that, right? Yes, they do. I mean, <clears throat> so they don't, it's not a very high number. They don't people to walk in the door. <laughs> right. <laughs> And so that just makes our case for, you know, you have to get ready. You have to be the best buy on the block. You have to be the the best investment for that uh, acquiring entity that they can imagine. And if you don't, 
uh, it's kind of like selling a house, right? They come in, they stage it, they clean it up. They do the, you, you know, your curb appeal for your business is vital, uh, particularly in this market, as you well point out. But it also points out to, to another, uh, another fact, and that is that if one out of 15 sell, what do the other 14 do? I mean, they, hopefully they don't all wind down, but this process of getting your business ready for sale is also like going through and, and with your house and painting everything and cleaning it up and then looking at it and go, wow, this is a nicer house than I remember. I'm just going to stay here. Uh, in a business situation, that means that you can be moving towards having a business that would sustain itself. And, and a lot of owners tell, tell me, I don't know what you hear, but after, after they go through all this, they go, uh, I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm working, I'm working less, but on things that I enjoy that are important to the business. I think I'll just hang on to it for a while. You still need that contingency plan, but that's one of the byproducts of this planning, isn't it? It absolutely is, and that happens more often than some people might think, is when you get it all cleaned up, and, and part of that cleanup takes a lot of stress off the owners. Uh, they're saying, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm getting in a round of golf once a week, this, and I'm still paying yes. myself, myself well. This is a pretty good deal. So that does happen. A lot of businesses get sold through other other ways, um, and they don't get the kind of value for them that they could, and many of them just close. And, you know, that's not a bad right. strategy for certain businesses, you know, certain professional service businesses. They're not very sellable. So what you want to do is right. build your personal net worth outside the corporate umbrella so when you're ready to turn off the lights and walk right. away, you know, your future is, is assured. Build your own buyout plan. Yeah, that's, you know, that's great advice. And now, you talked a little bit earlier about employee stock ownership plans, or ESOPs, as they're referred to. Are, are those becoming more and more popular uh, these days? And do you, do you foresee those being, uh, you know, people, I think there's a lot of misnomers about ESOPs. People think, well, I don't want to sell everything to my employees. But that's not the way that works at all. But, and, um, uh, but do you see those as an emerging trend? I do, and, and I use uh, a, a particular CPA firm that is really expert in that area. And ESOP's got a bad name for a while, and, and deservedly so. Uh, I think a lot of people went out, a lot of people in the insurance business went out and sold them to companies that it wasn't really the right approach for them, and then they end up upside down in ESOP. There's a lot of compliance issues, and uh, a lot of people lost a lot of money. We've learned from that, and I do see a resurgence of ESOPs, and it's a, it's a fine way, particularly if you've had a core group of people working in your company for a long time and you want to reward them, let them buy in the business. Let them, you know, create that, that Class B stock, the non-voting stock. Let them, let them buy into that, and then when it's uh, time to buy the owner out, that converts to Class A shares, and they own the place. You know, it's, there's a lot of ways to skin that cat, and ESOP is a good one. Well, I think, and I think that's the uh, the theme of today is that there uh, there are a lot of side roads on the way to an exit, and but owners need to start with their goals in mind, as you mentioned. Uh, what are some some tips you would uh, tell um, our listeners to to start getting ready and plan out those goals? What are some of the key things that they should know? Well, I think the first thing is they need to be realistic with themselves about um, what their business uh, might be worth. And uh, you just, that's some simple research. That's not difficult to find out. And so that would be the first thing. Okay, what, if we did our best, what could this thing be worth? And does that meet my, finan my financial goals? And if it's not, then 
it's probably time to get a uh, you know a financial planner on board so that the owner through a variety of investment opportunities plus the business ends up where they want to be uh, when they retire that's really the first step and and again i mentioned earlier that involves the family if we do this just with the business owner we're not talking to the spouse or some siblings that may work in the business we're shooting ourselves in the foot so that's a very important step is uh, is be realistic about that and if you don't think your business is going to meet all your needs you got to start with a plan uh to and grow you uh, to grow your uh, your personal portfolio. So it all starts with a conversation, John. And what's the best way for our listeners to to find out more about you and get in touch? Well, they're, uh, they can reach us through our website, which is glowan g l o w a n dot com, and they could just uh, email me at info at glowan dot com. Uh, they can reach us uh, at our offices at uh, area code nine zero nine four seven six seven one nine six. Or they could email me directly, and it's uh, J Anderson, initial J Anderson at glowin.com. And we'd be happy to have a conversation with anybody. Uh, doesn't cost anything to have a conversation with us. I, I just love going out and meeting with business owners and, uh, and finding out all the various things that, that I don't know about all these unique businesses. So you can reach us any way you can. Be happy to come talk with you. I love talking with you, John, because your passion comes through that, that you're doing exactly what you should be doing and, and you enjoy it, and you're helping uh, uh, people in a very confusing time to, to get clarity and, and develop their, their strategy for what will probably be the biggest financial transaction of their life, most likely. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing these tips with my listeners, and uh, I hope uh, they'll they'll in turn get in touch with you and uh, and share share their story with you so you can help them along the way. Well, Bill, I appreciate the opportunity, and as always, uh, thank you for having me, and I look forward to uh, another chat one of these days. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 